All right, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans, sponsored by Lion Bull Media. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and featured titan for episode 269, all the way from beautiful Puerto Rico, none other than my good friend, Jeff Richmond. Jeff, it's an honor and a pleasure, my friend. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time. Oh, the honor's all mine. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Greg. Oh, this is incredible. And I've been uh, super fortunate in my life to have a few conversations with Jeff and mind blown every single time. So you guys are in for a treat. I know it. So I, I'm going to let you say thank you in advance uh, for Jeff taking the time to do this. But Jeff, I I want to dive in really deep to you as a man, as a professional, what got you into the biz, kind of your progression through your career up until today. You're doing some massive things, and I just love your story, so I just love to share it with everybody else. So uh, I guess let's just start with that first question, kind of who you are, where you're from, what got you into the biz, your story, the origin story. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I, I was born at a very young age. Um, and so, no, I'm just kidding. So I, you know, I, no, I, I, I actually was, I was born in Chicago, but I moved to Florida when I was young and I grew up in a music household. Uh, my parents are both professional musicians and, um, my dad still is, he is the uh, dean of a big school of music and does all this cool stuff. And, and so I grew up kind of thinking that that was my path. And in fact, I thought it so much that I decided I was going to do kind of the normal, like academic route. Right. So okay. I went, I went into, um, I did an undergraduate degree in music composition, studied jazz. Um, and then I went and I got a master's degree also in music, studying jazz. And then I got my doctoral degree in jazz, uh, music composition with a, a what's called a cognate and trumpet performance. And, and then I went and I started touring around the world and played uh, jazz trumpet and and was writing music and doing cool stuff. And and uh, actually, similar to my, uh, my partner, Lexi, um, uh, ended up working at, at Disney for a little while. And did all this fun stuff, played with a lot of really cool artists all over the place, played in Brazil and China and Italy. And I don't know, you know, just you, you do that stuff. And then I, I ended up being a college professor um, and I was the chair of my department um, at the uh, professorship mm. and kind of running a music program, which was awesome. And I absolutely loved what I did. And uh, the kind of the big punchline here, because it's like, well, this has nothing to do with real estate, Craig, um, is I, I then started getting really sick for a while. And I was like, wow, this is a real mess. And like my face was getting screwed up. And I was, you know, it was at a time when I, I'm sure I was open-minded like to the world, but it's just, you know, how things sometimes kind of synergize and, and the world takes you in a new direction. Sure. And I got to this point where I was having a really hard time playing the trumpet anymore, which is really like my passion. That was, that was really where I felt like I was going to provide the most value in the world just because mm. it's what you do. Yeah. And so um, my ex at the time had been in real estate um, and, and doing well. And I was like, man, that's, that's awesome. I could do that. And so when I was in my master's degree, this is where everything comes together and these weird stories, right? It's always yeah, like, how did all these pieces come? <laughs> in fact, I think it was Steve Jobs one time who said, you can't tell how all the dots are going to connect when you look forward. You can only see how they did connect when you look backward. Ooh, right. Strong. So like, that's a really cool thing to think about. But so as I look backward, I realized when I was in my master's and my doctoral degree, I worked uh, for a while as a telemarketer. 
um, you know, just annoying people in their homes. And so <laughs> everyone's favorite. Yeah. yeah. And I worked for one of these like third party outsourced telemarketing firms that you could, that was like, you know, pay, pay to play kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. And at the time we were working for Dell computers and we had some other accounts, some smaller accounts. And so I was just calling and I was like upselling people and doing some stuff, but everything was tracked like hardcore on quant and metrics. And mm -hmm. I didn't have trouble talking to people. And so I just like learned all the scripts. The guy next to me is playing yo-yo all day long while he's on the phones just, and he has all the scripting memorized. And by the way, these were, this is like the type of scripting operation where if you deviate from the script, you have to go back to the beginning because it's legally compliant. Wow. They're like, you couldn't mess it up. This dude had gotten out of prison. I know because he told me not because I'm assuming that, but he did look like it. <laughs> and he's like, he's like Captain Yo-Yo over here. He's got the scripts down. He ended up kind of like mentoring me. He's like, dude, mm. like, here's, here's how you do this. And he's like, you sound way too contrived. You need to be relaxed. Oh, wow. So, okay. So I ended up kind of accepting that knowledge. And I, I became like one of their number one people for quite a while and worked for them, made some terrible money. They were barely paying us. It was awful, but you get the skill set, right? Cause I, I love the, the idea that you're either earning or you're learning. And at that time of my life, I was definitely just learning. Um, Great idea. So now fast forward back into real estate. So I come into real estate and I'm like, this was right around the time when everybody was thinking, Hey, this ISA thing may really, you know, be kind of a, a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so I was consuming all the podcasts. I was consuming all this, by the way, you guys are in the right place. Way to go. Greg's amazing. Um, and so, but I was consuming content constantly and trying to understand what is it that I need to do next. And I realized that my seat on the bus would be the ISA seat. Hmm. And um, not necessarily, uh, you know, I, I I did appointments for myself. I did buyers. I did all that stuff. Um, but the main work that I was doing was on the ISA seat. Well, pretty quickly, um, yeah, I was kind of going through a, a, a breakup and, you know, that stuff happened. So I moved to a new city um, up on the north end of Oregon okay. and um, decided, you know what, I, I'm going to really build a, a team. We finally split. And mm -hmm. I said, you know, I, I want this thing to go to the moon, but I'm going to run it from the ISA seat on the bus and wow. started really recruiting agents. And by my third year in real estate, uh, did over 50 million in sales that year. Um, and, and we were in four markets, multiple MLSs. We were, we were really starting to do it. And um, at the, at the time I was a uh, I was with a Keller Williams Realty and um, I was an owner. I had been a team leader. I did that work for them as well when we were launching a new market center in Salem. And so I was helping recruit agents at like, you know, in the morning block and then calling for listings and then, you know, calling for buyer follow-up. I was doing all the ISA, OSA, all the whole thing. Wow. I was the SDR. I was the AE. I was the whole, the whole pipeline, man. Um, and then, but what I realized is I needed to bring on more people because that wasn't going to work. And so, um, you know, I'd already kind of started the, the footprint of a team with my ex and so kept that running and then really decided to expand out, brought on additional callers, um, additional ISAs, um, and also other agents hmm. and built out a buyer department. Department, we put a lead buyer agent in charge of that department and paid an override so that he would manage that uh, part of the operation wow. and then turned over the listing department. And this is the exciting part because mm. you never know what's coming for you. Um, <laughs> so I I had kind of put some feelers out there in the world and I was like, I need to find somebody who can take over the, the listing department. Because at that time, I was going on listing appointments at like 7 to 9 p.m. I mean, it was like, mm. it, it was absurd. It was not scalable. It, sure. And it was really dumb, but I was having fun and I was working hard, working too much. I was way fatter than I am right now. <laughs> um, but, but it was, it was fun. Um, 
And so uh, I got this, uh, this feedback from one, one of my uh, contacts and they said, I know somebody, I know somebody and she's amazing. You got to talk to her. And I was like, okay, cool. But I needed this for listings that as we know, right. All, all my agent friends out there, that's a different kind of a horse than a buyer uh, only type of a person, right? Well said. It's just yep. a different energy mm -hmm. um, and not better, not worse, not, not harder, not easier. It's just, it's, you need alignment um, in, if you're going to do that all day long. And the kinds of appointments that we were teeing up had everything to do with um, for sale by owners and expireds. Mm. Um, and also for rent by owners and a couple other subcategories. I mean, we were, we, and circle dialing. Okay. I'm not, I, I could go on for a while, but anyway, <laughs> this is great, Jeff. No, 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 this is awesome. <laughs> predominantly FISBOs and expireds. So I thought, and by the way, cut me off. If, like I just nope. need the like, loop to go, you know, pull me off screen. <laughs> so I thought, all right, um, I'll fine. I'll meet with this person. So I went and I met with her, her name's Lexi Sanchez mm. and, um, she's incredible. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And so, um, we, we met up, uh, we, uh, she decided to come into the team and at the beginning there was, there was no relationship there. In fact, um, I, she really thought I was an asshole at the be <laughs> beginning. She's told me that. Come um, on, Lexi. Come I was on. just driving, I was driving too fast, you know? And, um, so we were in business together for, for quite a while, but the interesting part was that, that bit of leverage freed up the team. And, um, she went on to take 92 listings her first year in real estate. Um, wow. and part of that year was with us and part of it was before us. She's just mm -hmm. a monster. Um, so, so she's kind of doing her thing and just redefined what I thought was even possible mm -hmm. over there. I mean, it was just bananas, you know, she's coming back every day with multiple listings and we're going, holy moly. Awesome. Um, so suddenly it frees up your time. Hmm. And I'll change my energy here to say, yeah. when you change your time, you change your life, right? Because your life is your time. And when you're trading time for money, what you're really doing is exchanging your life for money. And I have four fundamental beliefs that I live by every single day. Hmm. One is that today is a day of your life. I feel like that's an easy one. Yeah. Two is that today you're going to exchange an entire day of your life for whatever you do, hmm. whatever experience you have in life. That's the exchange is one whole day of your life for the experience today. Wow. That's awesome, right? Number three, though, is that the experience of your life is up to you. So number four is why have a bad day? Mm. And if you're empowered in those ways, what's interesting is I started to realize if I can get my time back, that means I can actually provide more value. And I have a core belief in providing value because at my heart, I'm an educator. I couldn't right. help it. And I was used to making peanuts back at the university and just helping people all day long. And by the way, heart full, you know, doing the Grinch at the end of the Grinch movie thing, you know, <laughs> and I'm going, geez, Louise, this is the, it's the greatest thing. I can just help people for a living. So really started focusing on agent uh, growth and brokerage development. Wow. Well, fast forward a little bit more around that time. I had been getting pestered by this, this guy who kept calling me, his name's Dave going, Hey man, you got to check out this brand new company. It really was very young at the time uh, called mm -hmm. EXP Realty. Um, nobody had heard of it then. And, and he's going, you should check it out. You should check it out. And I said what everyone says. No, um, I'm cool. I'm happy where I am, loyal to my company. I'm, you know, whatever. I just honestly, really all it was, dude, is I was just going fast and I didn't want to slow down enough to like believe that anything else could be like a better vehicle for my success um, because I'd been successful doing what I was doing. And, sure. and this is not a pro or con on any company here. I, I think that like, amazing company. And I got so much out of my days at KW. I can't even thank them enough. Um, so finally looked at the growth model at EXP though. And I knew what I wanted to do. 
mm. which was to really empower agents, make a big difference, and also to have a global footprint, not a local footprint. And I went, okay, this is the right bus for mm. me. And so hard change, emotional, and moved over, um, you know, brought some members of our team with us um, and decided to really start focusing on growth um, at the brokerage level and on empowering agents. We started a coaching company at that time um, that we've since rolled down because we rolled it in as value add for all of our agents. Um, and, and so that's our focus now is, is entirely on helping agents. And, um, we've got a, a great group all across the U S I think we're, our groups in India and Mexico, Canada, blah, blah, I'd have to look at the, the numbers now, the UK and a couple other places, but it's, it's really fun. And, um, and so we have, we have a whole string of calls that we do now every week. And so now our time, in addition to, um, having conversations with prospective new partners is really in support of our organization, helping them to grow their business. And our fun foundational belief is that successful agents are happy agents, period. <laughs> and if they're selling a lot of houses, what is there to be upset about? Because this is the most amazing industry in the world. And I just want to support our people. So, all right. Yeah, Jeff, <laughs> that was that was an incredible compilation of everything that you just mentioned there. And I, I really feel like I got to know your journey and understand that. I want to dive a, a deeper into a couple of those those notes, uh, no pun intended yeah. here, uh, from the jazz doctor here. And I, I do want to talk uh, specifically about jazz for a second, uh, yeah. kind of going back, because I find it to be fascinating that people, you know, dive deep into certain passions and what brings them into real estate you know, can continue other passions. So why jazz specifically, right? So yeah. what in your mind at the very beginning was to say, hmm, you know, I really want to go down this road. And yep. then there's a second question into that. Who's the greatest of all time, in your opinion? And this might get controversial, depending if you're a jazz aficionado listening to this or watching this. So why jazz and who's the best? Uh, well, greatest of all time, it kind of depends on what instrument, like all instruments. I, yeah, I'm not going to argue with anyone on it. Um, I have my own favorites. I mean, a lot of people would say, um, you know, uh, probably Miles Davis just because of his influence, uh, mm -hmm. the influence of his music. Um, for me personally, I loved Roy Hargrove. Um, okay. go listen to Strasburg St. Denis, uh, by Roy Hargrove. You're going to like, it's just, it's just fun. You, you're going to have a great time. Um, mm -hmm. why jazz? Uh, I mean, there's like the vulnerably true answer and then there's the more sophisticated answer. I'll give you both. So here's the vulnerably true answer is I, I was like such a nerd, dude. Like, so I was so nerdy. And and when you're kind of in like the band environment, up until you're, you reach like middle school, at least for me, I, I wasn't really exposed to a lot in the way of jazz. And then jazz band in middle school was like the cool kids nerd club. It wow. was like, if you were a nerd, but like, like slightly upper edge nerd, then you could, <laughs> you could hang out in that crew. So it was like, I don't know, it just felt cooler. And, um, but it. then I really, I fell in love with the music predominantly because it's improvisational and conversational. Mm. So not everything is set in stone. There's not a, like a right note, wrong note type of a paradigm. Mm. It's just whatever happens around you to understand the music with enough historical understanding and drawing upon the vocabulary of those who have come before you mm -hmm. to know kind of what's an appropriate gesture here or how can I challenge the art form and move forward? And mm -hmm. so those were important things to me. Um, and that's getting a little heady, but I wanna actually wrap that over into being an ISA because mm -hmm. what I realized was that 
most of the way that you learn jazz, like if, if you and I were to start doing jazz lessons now, let's not do that. But if we were, <laughs> um, the very first thing that I would have you do, if you already like had command of your instrument, right. Mm -hmm. Would be to have you start learning other people's vocabulary, their mm -hmm. licks, basically. Wow. It's like, it's like when you learn to rap or beat poetry or shred guitar or whatever, you just learn somebody else's solo. Right. Yeah. And so that's true in music. And I was like, man, could that be true in scripting? Cause real estate agents, sometimes you've got two, two schools, basic schools, right? Mm -hmm. the, I think scripts are awesome and I don't want to sound scripted. And mm -hmm. I am pro both of those schools. I think right. scripts are awesome. And I also don't want to sound scripted. So well like, said. how, how can we, how can we marry those two? And like, get, get our little DNA splicer machine and create some like hybrid reality there. And what I realized is that, um, one of the, uh, one of the jazz greats that I used to kind of check out said, you know, my goal is to learn a solo, learn all the licks that I want to let, uh, kind of understand and really gain mastery, like true mastery where I can duplicate exactly the way that somebody else said it on their instrument. So if I was learning a Greg Fowler lick, I would get a recording of Greg saying whatever he's saying. I'll use this now on the real estate side. Sure. And I would learn it with his tone, inflection. If he kind of <laughs> giggled a little bit at, during one of the words, if he, wherever he breathed in, breathed out. I mean, I was getting really, really granular, like super nerdy on this stuff. Love it. But then the goal is to eventually not do that. And so mm -hmm. how do you not do that? Well, there's two things. One, you have to overwhelm the mind, which means learn enough of them that you can't remember them all. Mm. Um, the best way I've heard that is memorize it until you know it through and through and then forget it. Um, and then, awesome. but part two is then if you have enough of these licks, right? Like I just mentioned, then they, they accidentally start meshing in your head. They do what's called assimilating, right? And then that's when you innovate. The problem that I see with a lot of agents and you see this is, this is why there's a lot of great, uh, I don't know what we call real estate, YouTube speakers, pundits. Um, but anyway, <laughs> people, <laughs> people who go, People go online and they're like, say this. And then the agent like gets the written down script mm -hmm. and then they go to say it. And they're like, I would never say that. That sounds like crap. Mm -hmm. And that's because you're not saying it the way that Miles Davis said it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I, I had this realization, I brought that to our team. And there's a really, really great reason why our team, the, the agents on our team were selling a lot of houses and they mm. were having a lot of success. Everybody was spending minimum two hours a day on the phone doing cold prospecting, Love which it. that's, you know, for some people that's like the pain Olympics. And so it's like, <laughs> I don't want to do it. But what was interesting is once they would start to catch the vibe of how this was working, then they got really inspired. And then there was just this awesome energy in the room every wow. single day and people sharing. And what would happen is if somebody would start to get kind of one on the line, everybody would mute out and then we'd all come in to help that person silently writing notes. We'd put them on speaker. We would be giving them the next line. Um, and that's helpful because in that moment, they knew how those lines were supposed to sound. But we've all had the experience where like your little sister, right? I don't have any siblings, but like your little sister starts learning the violin and it sounds like she's murdering a cat in the next room <laughs> to the tune of like Mary Had a Little Lamb. And you're like, I can tell that's Mary Had a Little Lamb, but it's like really terrible. Yeah. And so... My, my crazy delusion here mm -hmm. is that the distance between a great script and a not great script is actually delivery, not the script itself. Wow. But, but when married together, it's like rocket fuel, man. That's mm -hmm. what takes you to the moon. So I've been teaching that for years as well as a, a few other things. But anyway, you got me on a tangent, Greg. This is all hey, your fault. Hey, Jeff. No, this is incredible. And again, I, I went into jazz and you brought it straight into entrepreneurialism and business. And, and that's what's so incredible about you just bringing it full circle. I, I think that, 
you know, learning uh, a craft and really taking it to mastery, uh, that can, the principles apply, putting in the practice and the hard work, having the roadmaps, uh, you know, coaching and training along the way to get there. Everyone, uh, you know, needs that guidance. Uh, No one does it alone. And I, I think that's what's so brilliant about how you're breaking it down for real estate and for your international team that way. I, I want to talk about that in a second. So everybody hold on. This is this is me from a nerd to another nerd here. I, I, I don't get every day to to chat with somebody who's so in-depth about jazz and 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 music that way. And Jeff and I were in the green room right before we went live here. And we were testing a few things out. I asked Jeff if you wouldn't mind playing something. And the audio just wasn't translating the right way. But Jeff, can we play a clip just for yeah. everybody to hear you? I mean, you're not just somebody who's been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. You've been all over the world, an incredible musician yourself. I just want everyone to hear kind of what's coming out of your instrument uh, that way. I just think it's incredible stuff. So I just want to make sure share screen is on. And it is. I, I got it. All right, here we go. I'll I'll play this guy. Can you see me on the screen? Hopefully. Oh yeah. Yep. We All can, right. We can see you. Here we go. All right. That's just a recording of me practicing <laughs> recently, but anyway. That's beautiful. <laughs> and, and I really hope that translated well onto the uh, the audio. Uh, everybody who saw the video, I know you saw it, you heard it, but uh, let's hope <laughs> that translated to the MP3 file. But Jeff, thanks for sharing that incredible, incredible stuff. So I, I do want to dive a little bit deeper into your journey as well, into the business side. So we mm-hmm. talked about early on, obviously having massive success, being at Keller Williams and then making the move to EXP, sure. I, I want to get your perspective and opinion. Anytime somebody makes a move and a shift that way with their career and especially aligning themselves in a very particular place, I want to know from their mind and from their heart, what made them make that decision? Very similar to why jazz, right? And then into why real estate, but then also why EXP. Um, it, it's just something that always fascinates me. And it doesn't matter to me whether it's Remax or Coldwell I always ask somebody why they made the move because I really am curious and I think it's helpful for anybody who's thinking that as well. So I I know you alluded to that a little bit, Jeff, but let's just go back when you initially rejected the idea and then took a second or third look and said, hey, yeah, okay. What were you thinking? Why why did you do it? Clarity is power here. So, uh, you know, full clarity. I I avoided the call entirely for seven months. I took the call long enough to be like, call me back in two weeks because I'm kind of a jerk, apparently. And this call kept coming back and there was a lot of consistency. And finally, Lexi heard me reject the call one time. She's like, dude, how long have you been stringing this guy along? I'm like, I've been like a while, you know? And she's like, take, take the call. So I took the call and I think it was like 27 minutes in. I was like, yeah, we're all in. Hold on just a minute. I got to go get my partner. And so um, at the time, you know, Lexi and I were together uh, by then. So I, I ran, I got her. She was with one of her besties having lunch. I'm like, lunch is over. We're going, we're going to talk to this guy. We got to figure out how this next step's going to move. And she went and listened to it. And she's like, I'm all in. This is incredible. Um, And we were both all in for different reasons, which is interesting Um, for me. It was, it was a vehicle for what we were already doing that allowed us to expand um, in a much more effective and efficient way. Mm-hmm. And so that that really was the, the crux of it. There's certain things about any broker. I mean, there's terrific brokerages. Let's, I could go through the list and talk about what I love most about all of them. Um, sure. 
what was interesting about this model for us though, that was that it was super dynamic in the way that it put agents back at the center of the brokerage, right? Because as a, as somebody who had been an owner at another brokerage, I recognized that the agents many times were kind of inadvertently acting like tenants at their brokerage and sometimes weren't even getting a great, you know, ROI on their tenancy, I guess, or whatever, however you would work that analogy. Yep. And so I thought, in this model, I can really treat everyone as a true owner, but also for us, because of the the unique um, synergies that were afforded in the in the revenue sharing model, I was like, mm-hmm. we could build something really big, give back to agents without holding back. Because usually, as we all know, there's like some sort of super secret upsell funnel on the back end of everything that costs you a ton of money, mm-hmm. and we're good at that game, and we didn't want to keep doing that. Like I. I foundationally just believe that real estate agents have been nickel and dimed to death mm, for way exactly. too long. And it's painful to watch. And, and unfortunately, as is true in any great sales profession, people who are great at selling are easy to be sold to. Mm. And that's a kind of a bummer. And it creates a little bit of a distrust of the industry, which is also why there's some resistance to, to recruiting in real estate in general, right? Sure. Like if you're recruited and you're in the NBA, you're pretty happy. Um, but <laughs> Yeah. Why is that not the same, you know? And it's because it, it, it feels like a take, not like a give. Mm. And this was the first time where I'd had a conversation where it felt like, okay, you not only can you get this gift, but you can give this gift. And I was like, oh, this is freaking amazing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm in. And so, I mean, I could go a lot deeper, but I don't want this to be a sales pitch, but I, I'll say it, it spoke to me in those ways. I loved the fact that you could earn your way into ownership and it's the same model for everyone. So there were, there were some equality standards that I really believed in and values that I hold dear um, that, that were instantly baked into the model. I'm like, it's in the recipe, man. It's in the DNA of the company. And then it all kept getting validated. I met, I met the founder and you know we're, we're uh, friends now and, and all of those types of things that you need to do along the way in order to be to kind of be sure to have that certainty. And like the, the, you know, every time I tried to poke holes, it just got better. So it was like, okay, this is, if nothing else, it's the right place for me and for what we're doing and for the impact that we're trying to have with agents, because I just, I really, I want to give back. Um, I know what a gift this industry has been for me um, and how much it's changed our life. And it's given us true freedom in ways that I I had not experienced before. And so being able to turn that and say, instead of paying it back, what if I can just pay it forward and then help others to pay it forward and create a real ripple that has a, has a, has a profound impact on the world. So that's why. I I love it, Jeff. And and again, just getting into your mind and into your heart as the decision-making is huge. And I love the fact that you and Lexi had both different reasons, very specific to your own, but coming along the same path. Yeah. Uh, for for help and for growth and just giving back to the community and speaking of the community, mm-hmm. uh, I, I do want to talk about that because I think that that's important to note. Uh, so, how did the community come into play, and what does that look like? I guess with your your team moving forward because you're you're not in Oregon anymore. No, nope. you're in Puerto Rico. Is that right? Yep, we live so, full time here in in Umacao. Puerto Rico on the southeast side of the islands. Beautiful. There you go. There you go. So, so let's talk about the community and, and kind of why that was established yeah. and what that's all about. Yeah. So one of the things that we recognized inside of EXP is that our, our founder and his brilliance realized that because of the synergies 
of really funding aggressively um, a revenue sharing system. It, it's a distributed leadership model, um, which means that you rise to the call and your success in, in the system will also directly align with your ability to rise to the call of that leadership. And so we said, we, we have to provide more value um, for agents. And we were doing a lot of really great stuff, um, but it, it was uh, one-off or in groups or in you know team. It was in the old model that we were used to and our brains were still reprogramming and reorienting to how, how this could exist for us. And so at one point, um, I remember Alexi and I were having so many conversations about this. I, I, I believe it was her idea um, to say, what, what about this idea of, of like literally the community, just a place for people to come together. And it's, mm. it's such a word that we all use to mean togetherness, but it also incorporates kind of a digital togetherness that we're used to now, yeah. as it turns out. And so we went out and, you know, paid a bunch of money and got the communitycenter.com, which is awesome. Um, so if you want to check it out, we're out there. And, um, but then from there, we, we built a number of things. First off, we just kind of branded ourselves, which was, which was awesome. And we didn't want that brand to be about us. We wanted it to be about our agents. So, you know, I, I didn't figure that top producers wanted to wear my name on their jacket kind of a thing. So, um, uh, so we kept it, um, you know, uh, as the community, which is, mm -hmm. which is rad, but then beyond that, we, we took all of the existing coaching materials, classes, mm. online courses, all the stuff that we had been doing. I mean, some of which was selling really, really well. Mm. Um, and we just packed all of that into the back end of this one thing. And the, the tripwire was, Hey, come join us. And that was, that was great. And, wow. um, you know, there's no pressure on that. We, we're not trying to be that, that kind of a, person. Yeah. But at the same time, we recognized that agents needed additional value, but they also wanted a sense of connectedness. Mm -hmm. um, and we really believe that there's this kind of continual um, uh, recycling of positive energy that happens in this company when it's approached correctly. Sure. And so we could be a really big part of that. And that was the choice that we made. So we grabbed that. We started doing um, not just one, but what is it? Four uh, weekly calls now. And wow. we went out and we started calling all of our friends who were like amazing leaders all over the country. And we're like, dude, come do this with us. Like, come let's, you've always talked about, you got into real estate because you wanted to help people. Right. But real estate agents are people last I checked, let's help <laughs> them too. You know, like let's not leave them out in the cold. Let's go help everyone. And let's stop, you know, keeping it under a, a under a bushel or whatever. And so we just hit the big red go button. And, and that's when things got really fun. That was, it was really awesome. I think that's huge, Jeff. And again, you putting that together with Lexi and, and really just expanding that out to everybody, an opportunity for people to, low, uh, to learn and to grow and to really foster relationships, but just take your business to the highest of levels possible. And that is really through that aspect of the community. Uh, I've been personally honored to, uh, to be a part of uh, one of your weekly uh, masterminds and and just great group of individuals. I mean, top pros, really hungry for knowledge and, yes, and yes. just perspective and to apply aspects to the business. So yeah. just what a class group of people. I mean, just top notch. Uh, awesome. and, and I do want to kind of go into that process here and kind of pick your brain a little bit, Jeff, because everyone that tunes into Titans, they want to learn from the best and brightest and really look at perspective of their lives and how the Titans grew to where they're at and what perspective they may have uh, for advice. So if you could go back on your career thus far, Jeff, I mean, any point and pick or choose one or two things that you implemented or really saw to the end for growth, for scale that really saw 
um, that next level. What does that look like for you? What advice would you give anybody tuning in, whether they're new or whether they're a seasoned pro or anything in between? What, what stands out to you that way? Uh, absolutely. Um, well, so I want to give you a good answer, not just a fast answer. <laughs> You're getting anything's going to work. I, I, I know it, it Jeff. <laughs> so, so I think for me, it's really the focus on, on your mindset. Um, because for most agents, that tends to be the challenge point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that they, you know, everyone goes out looking for new knowledge, right? Like if I knew the right thing, I'm going to tell you, I've talked to the very best people in the industry. They don't know things that you don't know already. They, they're just executing at a higher level. And that, that distance between knowledge and execution really has to do with the, the best real estate that you own, which is the six inches between your ears. Mm-hmm. And so I I tend to spend time with people on that and we don't want that work, right? Most people don't want that work because it's like, that's, I don't want to look at me. You know, the mirror is an uncomfortable place. The that's, it's a tough thing to look at yourself and say, maybe I'm the problem. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I recognize that anytime I start slowing down or business feels quirky or wonky or my relationship's weird or whatever, right? Whatever that is, I've got one person that I can control in the whole world. And so I really started down kind of this, this quest. It's like two things. Oh, and by the way, I got to quickly put an aside in here. Oh, Craig, yeah. Mc, Craig McHugh out of uh, Colorado Springs introduced Greg and I, and I wanted to make sure I give him a shout out. That guy is a monster agent. Oh. First off, one of the smartest people I've ever met. And I couldn't be more thrilled that, that we got uh, connected through. Craig shout out to Craig for All sure. Right, brother. Um, yeah. So I started thinking about like, first off, two things. One, the Olympics, which I'm, I don't, I mean, I love the Olympics. I loved watching it, but I, I, I liked kind of this idea that nobody really accidented their way into winning the Olympics. There you go. It wasn't an accident. Mm-hmm. It was very intentional. Like I remember watching Michael Phelps when he was finishing races, like two body lengths ahead of the next person, like winning, like what would have been the equivalent of like 80, you know, world records, but, but he just did it all at once. You know, it was unreal. <laughs> you know, I was, and everyone's like, what is wrong with him? And uh-huh. it's like, and what's right with him. It's because of his approach. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you look at, it doesn't matter which success story. I, and I like going to sports, even though I am so dumb in sports, it's terrible. In fact, everyone in the community makes fun of me because when I try to do sports analogies, they usually bomb and I keep trying for some reason, which is just a horrific disaster. Um, yeah, you had it with Michael Phelps. Yeah. You're good. You're good. I there. got the name right. Like, I'm really happy about that. No, I mean, you know, I read, I, I recently, I read the, what, what's the, the Tim Grover, the Michael Jordan book, um, you know, Relentless. And oh, yeah. um, yep. really great book and kind of the same concept there. Like you, you don't achieve true mastery, peak level performance, whatever you're going to call it. But winning the Olympics is something that for some reason, everyone's able to visualize. Mm-hmm. You don't do that in real estate accidentally. You do it on purpose. You do it with a routine, with a daily regimen and with a lot of pain, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's for just sure. true on the way there. The, the celebration is awesome. Everyone loves wearing the gold medal. Getting the gold medal probably sucked a lot, mm-hmm. right? And so the question that you have to ask is, what's my potential? And in order to actualize against your potential, I really like to, to lead agents back to the four levels of leadership, which is, right, lead yourself. That's number one. Because if you can't lead, if you can't get out of bed in the morning and, you know, make your bed and then 
be on a routine, you know, do some exercise, control your diet, control your time spent with relationship versus business and all of the things, right? A full human being, oops, sorry, a full human being, not just a, a, a full escrow board. Sure. Right. So that's awesome, but you need to be a full human being. So that's level one. Level mm. two leadership is lead others. Okay. Now you're building a team. That's awesome. Right. Level three is lead through others and with others. That's leading an organization. Now you can start to dynamically build in multiple markets and you can start to really extend your vision in, into other places. Level four is lead with culture and vision, which means you've got to be true to who you are. And at every single point along the way, guess which level you keep cycling back to because it's the one that always needs rework is level one. Mm -hmm. And so if you bring that over to the Olympics analogy, it, it occurs to me that the distance between where you are right now and where you probably want to go, and it doesn't matter what you're achieving, is all you. Wow. And I have people jump on calls with me for whether it's for coaching or for you know, talking to us about our organization. And they'll say, listen, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm selling 300 homes or 500 homes. And I'm like, that's awesome. What are you capable of doing? Oh, what a beautiful because question. Because I understand standing at what some people believe is greatness and looking at your potential and the catastrophic chasm between what you believe you're capable of and where you're currently standing and just being miserable. And mm. I believe a lot of people are in that position yep. where from the outside looking in, they're like, I'm selling 24 houses and everybody's selling 2.4 is like, dude, that's awesome. I would love to be there. And everyone's selling 240 is looking at the people selling 2,400. There's always a next level. The mm -hmm. problem is eventually though, you're going to need to gain other skills, predominantly leverage, in your life or in your ecosystem or in your business model, maybe, um, so that you can keep growing because that growth will eventually, like you can't just keep adding hours. Right. That's time for money. So anyway, those are some of my thoughts on that. And I don't even remember the original question. <laughs> no, but Jeff, that's huge when you're talking about and breaking it down, because I think that everyone can take that aspect into their world, into their life, into their business and apply it. Um, I really find that the mindset aspect is, to your point is, is extremely crucial. Um, you know, a big part of it is guilty by association in positive or negative. And that's, what's so wonderful about you and anybody that I've come across that's affiliated with you, Jeff, is just, everyone's really looking to that next space. They're, they're appreciative of where they've been and how they've got there, but they're always looking for that next spot, how to really make an impact, how to grow, how to really expand a life. And, and that's what's so wonderful about what you're doing is you you eat, sleep and breathe it. And it's just so wonderful to see, you know, uh, photos and, and, and or posts on on media with you and Lexi and and seeing you guys live your lives and, and make massive moves and goals and yeah. um, just inspire everybody that's around. And, and I think that more positive nature needs to be there. But to your point, so many people love the aspect of wearing the gold medal, but not really appreciating and understanding how hard or how long it took to get there, um, right. I think is another portion that people just really need to understand. Certain things take time. Um, there are processes in place, uh, you know, not having to reinvent the wheel. Uh, I no, would venture sure. to say, and again, I'm not a massive sports analogist this way, but I would venture to say that Michael Phelps had a multitude of trainers, a multitude yeah. of mentors. Yeah. He didn't just figure out and flop into some water someday and then became, you know, a multi-gold Olympic medalist. Right. So I, I think that that's just something that everyone should really take into account and consideration is align with great people that are going to help you get the gold, but then not just get the gold for yourself, but then pass that on. That's uh, the thing that's so cool, Greg, and I love that you just said that, which is 
if you're, I think if your primary vision in life is to make sure that you get on the top of the mountain, um, it's going to be, it's going to lack the fulfillment that you're looking for. Mm. That's that. I mean, I hate to blow that for anybody who's running that race right now, but I, I just, I, I believe it. And, um, you know, at some point along your leadership journey, what happens is you, you mature a little bit, I, I believe, and I'm, I'm on that growth journey. Don't believe, uh, or, or don't believe anything else. Right. Like I'm, I believe that the version of me that's going to exist in 10 years is dynamically different than this person today. And mm. I'm dynamically different than 10 years ago, et cetera. And hopefully we're all doing that. Sure. Part of what's changed me over the last 10 years has been my relationship with Lexi. I love that you brought that up mm-hmm. because she she didn't just change like the production of our team. That's amazing. She changed my heart as a human being and how I look at others with empathy, awesome. who I am as a person. I would say like down to my DNA has to be different. There's there's no doubt about anybody who knows me prior to that. And then it's like pre-Lexi, post-Lexi, it's, it's, that has made me a better human being and who you spend your time with and surround yourself with impacts you so profoundly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, you mentioned coaches and she is one of my coaches. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's informal, obviously in, in a relationship setting. Sure. However, you know, it, I, I can accept coaching from her better than from anyone else. I will say beyond that, I've also had a slew of amazing coaches in the real estate space who have poured into uh, into my and our success, and you know, and outside the real estate space. Actually, we've hired um, consultants. We've we've met with really top level people in in every kind of sub segment of the marketplace to really understand what we're doing and make sure that um, that we're on the right track. But the most impactful people in that journey have been people who have really. Uh, hit us from the mindset side of things mm-hmm. because you can, that's not always true, but some, a lot of times you can read a book and get what you need in terms of knowledge, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you're going to do anything with it. It doesn't mean you understand how to leverage. It doesn't mean that you're going to understand, okay, then therefore my, my time and energies and passions need to focus here in my business. And I need to leverage these other four things, mm-hmm. right? That's why you call Greg. <laughs> um, so <laughs> he didn't pay me for that. I'm just doing it. Anyway. Yeah, no, um, check, checks but, in the mail, checks in the mail. Jeff. But it's, it's so true, right? Like this is, it's, it's part of, it's part of how you continue to grow. Um, and so, yeah, the people that, that I'm around now, um, I mean, our core leadership team, shout out to everybody in the initiative, um, incredible. And, uh, you know, we're just, we're surrounded constantly by people who are challenging us to be more from within the organization. You want to see what a real leader looks like? Look at somebody who's, who's here and they're motivating up and down at the same time. There's just every direction, right? They're like, I'm going to pour value out of myself. And I see people who want to be small because they're afraid somebody else is going to take or get their stuff. It's like, dude, we've all got your stuff. There's like 6 trillion books on earth. It's out there. I promise we can, you didn't come up with anything. You know what I mean? Like you didn't invent the internet. We're good. Yeah. But, but how you behave around other people and how you leave them feeling is mm. your dynastic legacy that you're leaving on the planet. And that matters to me more than any zeros that you could ever put in my bank account. Although those are important too. <laughs> well said, Jeff. Now this is incredible stuff. And, and again, I know that you and I could nerd out with one another all day. You're sharing so much, but I, I do want to give this uh, this shout out for uh, your podcast that's coming out here, and and from you know the Titan Nation, anybody who's tuning into this show, they're always learning, always growing from great minds and perspectives. And and to your point, not just listening 
and really taking in, but applying this knowledge, right? So absolutely, I want to talk about your show and what that looks like, kind of what the thought behind that is, and then when hopefully everyone can expect. I, I just want to know a little bit more for the audience. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, agentlions.com, um, if you want to go check that out. And what, you know, what I'm really looking at is, is a way to give back to agents um, holistically, just across non-denominationally, uh, hey, here's what I'm about. Here's, and then I'm going to bring in top level players, um, but a very specific brand of top level players, hopefully that have heart alignment and values alignment with what we're doing, because I think wow. that that's honestly the, the most important thing to me. And I would sacrifice content um, for, for heart space all day long. I know you're Always. the same guy. Um, because who someone is just matters so much. There's just too many sharks out there in the water trying yep. to take advantage of great agents. Um, but beyond that, um, I've, I've really been um, realizing recently that a lot of the value that we're providing has been still in a closed door. And while that's awesome and it's really exciting and important, um, I still want to kind of unleash the beast. And I've had this visualization that's been important to me for a long time of being a lion, um, which is fun because I know you've got a lion in your imagery, which is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I was like, how did he pet the lion like without it taking off his arm? Um, <laughs> So rad. Magic of um, editing. Magic of editing. Yeah, I know. Is. So, um, but so th there are there are these agents out there who are willing to do hard things in support of their pride, in support of their family, in support of their why, right? Yeah. And we we try to get down to that with everybody. Um, but there's kind of the generic why, like, why are you doing this? Well, it's for my kids. It's like, is it mm -hmm. is it really for your kids? Maybe it is, and that's great. Yeah. But but what is it truly foundationally for you? And a lot of times, if we can break that down we're going to get down to something that's that's making someone's heartbeat every single day so that they can wake up without an alarm clock. And I want to go from that angle and also tackle just the nuts and bolts of how to dynamically scale up a real estate business ultra fast, because guess what? Slow is boring and not fun. Right. I'm just going to tell you, if it could take you 20 years to win the Olympics or one year to win the Olympics, which one would you rather train for? 20 years or 10? It's like, Come on, you Good know, man. come on, people. <laughs> faster, faster is more gooder. And so, so we're gonna we're gonna tackle that and bring in a lot of a lot of my buddies from around the industry who have a similar mindset about growth, about how to really scale fast. And it's not all gonna be one thing. You know, I know that I built my business in a certain way and that worked for me. Um, but there's also true alignment um for people, and there are some people who are you know, uh, disciples of this school or that school. What I'm really looking for is that peak level of achievement of somebody who in the face of adversity and ten, uh, had the tenacity and the grit to keep going. I mean, I love Angela mm -hmm. Duckworth stuff about, you know, grit being this kind of, it's it's a heart space, right? About mm -hmm. moving forward. And so um, hopefully we'll be able to capture all of that. And when is it going to happen? I don't know. You're putting pressure on it, Greg. Um, soon, very <laughs> soon. So like, Probably in June um, would be would be my guess. Now that I'm saying that live, I press. I guess I have to go do it. Um, but <laughs> there's an accountability buddy here. Jeff. I love it. I love it, dude. I'll I'll, I'll get back to you. But um, I will say I've got a little su subscribe button on there, and if anybody wants to do that, we'll just let you know when we're started, and then you can just subscribe to the podcast and keep going. That would be great. I would encourage everybody to do so, Jeff. You need to let me know, please, so that I, I will. can let everyone else know. Hey, maybe you could be a guest, Greg. You want to be a great. I would be honored. I'd be honored. Boom. It's, from one host to another, it's always wonderful to rock do, and roll. Do the, do the you podcast. Heard it, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> so, but Jeff, I, this has been an incredible episode. Like I said, just the time and the knowledge and and just the energy and passion that you have. 
and that you've given is incredible. Uh, is there anything you want to leave this with before we wrap everything up today? Um, I think I would do this, you know, right at the, today it's, it's May 30th, 2023. If anyone's listening to this later and we're, we're in the midst of some like squirrely weather as it, as it pertains to real estate. And I would say that there's something that I noticed that's missing from a lot of folks and that's energy. And so when you're looking at yourself right now and you're trying to figure out what's the one thing that I could do to absolutely impact every single area of my life positively, it's decide and energy is a decision, not a consequence. Decide to have energy. Food doesn't give you energy, right? Nobody's eaten Thanksgiving dinner and then had great energy afterward. And so it, energy comes from a conscious choice to be energized. Hmm. That's it. It's, it's an absolute mindset. And I will tell you dynamically, every single person that I know who I'm like, that's a hitter in real estate, all have top level energy, top shelf energy. Greg's one of them. And so I will say for anybody looking to amplify your game, just make the decision today to live all of today with top level energy. You might be a little tired by the end of the day and then do it again for 10 days in a row. See how you feel. That's wow. going to change everything right there. Huge, Jeff. I, I Again, I can't thank you enough, my friend. Uh, just the amount of information that you give is incredible. I'm blessed and honored to have you in my life. Uh, and I can't thank Craig enough. I know we already did. But I got to thank him again, because without him, you and I wouldn't have got connected. And uh, this is incredible, my friend. I do have to dub you an official real estate titan. So that's a badge of honor you can wear. Uh, it, there's no trophies, no plaques, but it's in your heart. Uh, you know, it's it. an honor you can carry it's an honor. forever, Jeff. So. Thank you very much. <laughs> I really love that. And and thanks for having me. This is uh it's it's the mission that you have to help agents, I think is is truly amazing. And for anybody who hasn't checked out Linebolt Media, go do it because you're crazy if you don't. Oh gosh. Well, Jeff, and th thank you for saying that. And I gotta thank everybody out there as always uh for tuning in as well. And to give our sponsor a quick shout out, Linebolt Media, as Jeff just mentioned. If you are a real estate professional looking to grow and scale your real estate business with leading edge digital marketing growth, scale, lead generation, conversion, close transactions, and exposure, visit lionboltmedia.com for more information. On Real Estate Titans, we're live here every Tuesday afternoon, a different Titan, a different location. We'll catch everybody on the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks.